Hey, ODs on Finance community. This is Dr. Aaron Neufeld. I am one of the co-founders of ODs on Finance and also a host of this video and audio series we're doing. And before we jump into the presentation today, just a couple quick announcements. Our book, The Optometrist's Guide to Financial Freedom, is set to release in November. We're in the final stages of editing it, and it'll be available in paperback, Kindle, and Audible versions. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be sending more information out in just a little bit. Second announcement, we have teamed up with Ernest, which is a refi company. We've got the ODs on finance rate. We are a partner with them, and we've included the partner link and the announcement section of the group. So just look for that if you are looking to refi. Just an option for you, not something that you have to necessarily do. But take a look at that. Also, I want to invite you guys to take a look at our website, odsonfinance.com. We do have a newsletter, so please sign up for that on the website. Also, we do have an Instagram at Odie's on Finance. Finally, we are sponsored by Thea Eye Care. Thea is an ocular nutrition company that was made by Odie's. And the goal of Thea is to provide affordable eye nutrition to basically everyone. And so their products are fairly cheap. Their most recent product is the AREDS 2 formula, uh, which is about half the cost of competitors such as Preservision and Occuvite. So be on the lookout for that as well. And Thea is a startup company, so they're looking for ODs that are interested in stocking the product or recommending it to patients. So check out their website. That's thea-i-care.com, T-H-E-I-A-E-Y-E-C-A-R-E.com. All right, so for today's presentation, this is part of our Three Ways to 300K Net series. Originally, we wanted it to make it a Facebook Live series where we had a panel of three different ODs who have accomplished the 300K net in their practice. However, Facebook Live didn't really cooperate with us the night that we tried to launch it. So instead, I interviewed each doc individually, and we created presentations out of that. So tonight, we've got Dr. Charles Till. He's from Sarasota, Florida, and he actually has a LensCrafter sublease that he has grown to 300K net. And actually, I think he's doing a little bit more than that. So what you're going to see is an interview that I did with Dr. Till, and he's going to talk about different things that he did with his practice in order to reach that goal of 300K. So sit back, enjoy the program, and if you have any questions for either me or Charles, simply email us, odsonfinance at gmail.com, or just jump on the group and ask a question. Enjoy. But yeah, yeah, if you can give me just a kind of a two to three minute overview of your practice, uh, when you started it, where you're located, uh, staffing, yeah, so, yeah, all that. Yeah, um, so first of all, um, it's kind of serendipitous because um, I was in my residency uh, in 2015, and um, it's kind of towards the end of it, and you know, I was kind of looking around for different jobs, and I thought maybe, you know, I might want to be an associate, maybe sublease popped up in Sarasota, Florida for a lens crafter's lease. Um, the doctor had left and it was dark for a couple months. And so I probably wouldn't have like gone for that right away. But after that talk with him, I just responded. And then five days later, I was, I was flying down there. I skipped Arkansas board because I was in Arkansas and um, uh, cause I didn't think I was going to be practicing there. And I had this opportunity and I met with like, of the higher ups and stuff like that. And I was shaking hands with them and, you know, uh, 
I was pretty much going to do it. And then I had to get a Florida license and all that stuff. Um, and so right after my residency, I moved to, to Florida and then I had about a month to get everything going and I had to like get everything like computers, like ethernet, like, and I had no idea, I had no business background, no knowledge, nothing. Um, and so all I had was a very established place that had a, a clientele there. So from day one, I was making money. So unlike some of the other places, you know, the firefighters, I, there, there was already money to be made there. Um, the previous doctor <clears throat> saw about 3,200 patients. She netted about 230. Okay. Uh, and um, so I knew it was a good lease. You know, like I looked at all the numbers and everything, and so I was like, all right. So I, I went in there, and it was the type of lease where I have my own staff on my payroll, mm-hmm. and I sell the contact lenses, and then they just do the glasses. Um, that's kind of a dying uh, lease. Most leases are where the um, employees are employed by the optical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just pay them a certain amount for that, um, and um, and then they sell the contacts. So <clears throat> it's more expensive for me to have my own um, staff, but because I sell the contacts, it kind of pays for that and more, you know. Right. And it also gives me total autonomy. Like I, I fired like twenty people in my because I didn't know what I was doing as far as hiring. I did a terrible job, terrible job at first, you know. And so, but it. If Lenscrafters owns the uh, um, employee, I got to go through their whole thing. It takes forever, you know. So they got to look at it. So, um, you know, I would say I, I I don't know what it would be like having it any other way, but this is about as close to a private practice um, in a sublease um, setup that you can have because all I do is I don't sell the glasses. Outside of that, everything else is mine, you know. So <clears throat> the first thing I did, I, I went in there, I got a Daytona Optio map, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then I obviously had to buy all the computers and everything like that, and got I got EHR, you know, the built-in you know, photographer and everything. That is something that was brand new, so we had to learn a ton of technology all at once. It was a really difficult first two months. Like um, we had patients, we were busy, you know, um, and we were slow and that bad staff. So, um, <clears throat> so the first year was a huge learning curve. Um, and I also, in Sarasota, it's an elderly population. Okay. So I started realizing, like, I saw, I see a lot of disease. For mm-hmm. a, re- a retail place, I mean, most people are just like to crank out refractions. I'm seeing a lot of, like, old people with all kinds of stuff, you know? So, um, at first, it was a little too much, but after about a year, um, I started to get better at hiring staff and, and stuff like that. And then I started thinking, you know, how can I make more money? Because I, I don't have a super busy practice. Like, mm-hmm. I see about eight patients on average a day. Mm-hmm. And actually, right now, the next step is to try to to get more patients, you know, through marketing. But um, before that, I had to figure out some creative ways to maximize the amount of money per patient that I could see. Oh, yeah. So even though there's a lens chapter that's, you know, 15, 20 minutes away, that guy's basically giving eye exams away. You know, I mean, he's charging hardly anything. His optos rate, he doesn't even have an optos. He's one of those little cameras, like, 
30% and he's kind of one of those guys that just won't buy, you know, uh, won't, won't invest, you know, and so, um, for me, um, I, uh, was seeing about 40% off dose when I first came in because it was optional and we had this, this, like, sheet that says, do you want it or not? It's $35 or whatever. And, uh, after a while, I was like, this isn't, this isn't worth it, you know? And, um, one of the things I will say is like, uh, in general, philosophy wise, like, to make money, for me, I have, I had to take risks. I had to be willing to, to just uproot stuff that wasn't working and just change it. And sometimes it's scary. So for one, one thing I did is I bundled my octo pricing into my regular pricing. Well, that jumps that price from $89 to $128. So to a lot of doctors, that's scary. Like, I don't want to lose my, I don't want to lose patients. Mm -hmm. like cost more money, you know, um, but it's like, well, you could see, you know, two-thirds as many patients and make more money, or you could keep cranking out all those patients that you're going to see and just be stagnant, you know, and um, what I found is I didn't lose that many patients, you know, um, and, and just this year, like, I looked at the numbers, I mean, we've just gone better and better every year, I'm my fourth year right now. Mm -hmm. We feel like 90, almost everybody gets off this now, okay. you know, because of the system that we have. And I looked at the numbers, I'm on pace to grow to about 110 grand for octos. So that's a huge part of what makes up for the fact that I don't see as many patients, right. you know. Um, and I'm still paying for it. Uh, I did the least because they had like this quick, like, Thing that was going on at the time, a number of clicks, and you got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've gone away with that now. Um, so leasing might be something I would have considered, but I, so I bought it, and um, I'm still in the process of paying. So I pay about 16 grand a month because uh, it's such a low interest rate of 2.9 percent, so I'm not going to pay it off. Um, but um, yeah, so <clears throat> I'm probably going to net about 95 grand, you know, just from that machine, right. you know, and I mean, that machine paid for itself in the first year, you know, mm -hmm. so the other thing is it just gives me a wealth of knowledge, like, right at the beginning of the exam, I'm looking at the those pictures, and yeah, it doesn't get the whole retina, but there's stuff I've seen on there where, you know, I've seen a tear on there where I've had to look around in a spot for over a minute, you know, yeah. to find it, and I probably wouldn't have seen it if I was just, if I didn't know, you know, if it's just gone around, you know, so it's it's talking stuff and then um you know so it's a useful tool too i think best standard of care is office and, and dilation you know and um also tracking like foil new vi or new this and, and and you know even glaucoma suspects and stuff like that you know so um so that's a big part of my practice mm -hmm. uh, as far as uh generating income um, and then another big part of it is contact lenses. Um, you know, uh, I'm fortunate, uh, that the location I have, the, the demographic is, um, a little bit unusual. I, I get about 50% self-pay. Um, most people have mostly vision insurance. Um, and what vision insurances do you take? I take a lot. 
uh, I have to take IMED. Yeah. So I'm forced to because yeah, it's right? <clears throat> Now, if I was in a prior practice, I probably wouldn't take hardly any because mm-hmm. they don't they don't pay that much, you know. Um, but I take uh, uh, IMED and then Humana and Etna, and they're all basically IMED now. Um, and then I take Superior only because there were enough patients that would fall and ask, you know, and then I just wouldn't get them, you know. And for me, like, if I had a, a practice that was like jam packed three months out, I wouldn't take Superior, yeah. right? But the fact that, you know, someone could schedule a, a, an exam, if I don't, they're going somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I take Advantica, I don't see very many of those. I could take that. Like sixty bucks or seventy bucks for the exam. Um, uh, I, I get a few of those. Um, I was taking Davis until they told, and they were actually pretty good until they told me Davis is kind of weird though. They told me that I had to buy the contract from them, um, and and that then they would reimburse me. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. I get my contract from ABB taking out the panel. So I removed myself from the panel from Davis because of that. For a while they were doing really well though. Um, and uh, I think of what else. Uh, I think that's actually about it for vision insurance. Okay. Um, about a year into it, um, uh, and you can stop me if you have any questions by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. about yeah, a continue. year, yeah, about a year into it, I decided to go medical too. Um, because I kind of I got my feet, you know, you know, planted where I felt like I could handle it. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was overwhelming, um, and so I uh, started with Medicare, <coughs> and then um, I somehow got on Blue Cross Blue Shield in, in Florida. They're not taking anybody new, but I found a loophole to be a credentialing person. I got nice. on it. Yeah, uh, got on Cigna. Got on uh, um, United Healthcare. Wasn't taking anybody. Was like we got on them. Um, and then Aetna was automatically, I guess, on. I didn't know that because I was taking the vision insurance. Um, and actually what I found, at least for my practice, um, is, uh, cause we do our own, uh, billing. Um, you know, I remember those learning curve too, but I, I can't imagine ever outsourcing that, um, unless I was like an ophthalmology kind of person, so many. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, we use a clearinghouse called Office Ally, which been really good for us. But what, what I found is like Blue Cross is still a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't use the right code, they didn't reimburse you. They wouldn't tell you what code that you would use, what we could use. I got turned down by one because it wasn't uh, age uh, appropriate for cataracts. The guy was 66 years old. Oh, and I'm like, that's what I turned okay. You know, and then they started like calling and harassing me saying like, because we charge for refraction. $39 for a fraction, mm-hmm. and then we charge $39 for optos unless I see something medically necessary to charge, and then for I don't charge $39 for that. Yeah. Otherwise, I gave up. So, well, uh, we got to the field, they started telling people, you should be getting three items, you know, and I'm like, this isn't a primary care physician. Like, mm-hmm. this is an outpatient special, special co-pays on, so patients are getting pissed. We weren't getting reimbursed half the time from Blue Cross Blue Shield anyway. So I just, I just mixed, I was like taking out the panel. You know, yeah. I spent over yeah. a year to get on that panel and I got it taken off. Now it might be different in like a primary practice medical 
they might have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But like, it was just like, forget it. So basically, at this point in time, we just decided to hone in and focus on Medicare. Okay. Medicare was it paid the best. It was the most consistent. It was the toughest learning curve initially because it's all about. I don't know if you know about Medicare much, but oh, yeah, really take it. Yeah. there's so many plans. So mm-hmm. it comes down to re- being able to read those cards, tell yeah. exactly what it is. Is it an advanced plan? Is it you know just a, a straight Medicare? Is it Medicare supplement? You know, and there's a key words indemnity. That means it's a supplement. It's mm-hmm. regional choice. It says that on there. That's an advanced plan. Then you start learning. Pretty much every Aetna is an advantage plan. Every Humana is an advantage plan. You know, um, and um, uh, so I'm on those panels just in case, but, you know, um, we try to, we try to, uh, you know, uh, those are so unpredictable with deductibles and co-pays and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, basically with them, we, we do the best we can with them to fill it, and then we just kind of, um, you know, see if uh, we have to get money back to the patient, reimbursed or whatever. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the supplement, Medicare with the supplement or just straight Medicare, we know exactly what to do there. We call in the automated place, we keep deductibles in that. If we met, boom, we're, we're on our way at 39 or 78 instead of 128. Um, and then we build, build Medicare for whatever, whatever okay. service that we have to do. Uh, we've been doing that for a couple of years, and I probably make about twenty grand off of Medicare net, mm-hmm. uh, just to add a little supplement. The last thing I would say that I changed a lot was the contact lenses. So we sell about we have a very rich, like uh, older clientele. Where mm-hmm. I'm at, so like the P, the S, the T, the O, T, and stuff like that. So yeah. you got to know your demographic, I guess. And so I've had to take advantage of the fact that. Okay, my demographic can afford money. You know, they mm-hmm. can afford to pay. Yeah. So I need to design my practice for that. Um, and um, and I don't have the foot traffic, so I need to maximize the amount of money that I make. So um, what I started doing was uh, we weren't selling contacts for a while because there's all these online places. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realized that. So. <coughs> What I did break down. They give you a like a thing where you can break down how much it is per box. Yeah, we actually we use those at our practice as well. Yeah. It's great. So, and then we have Slack too in our in our um, computers. So what I do is when I'm in with a patient, as soon as I find out what uh, I'm going to finalize, uh, I'm still in there with them, and I just write whatever active oasis, and then boom, send it, and the person up front knows. Start writing it up for the annual supply, you know, and then what we do is we give 10% off for the annual supply, um, the rebate gets put in there, if they have vision insurance with an allowance, it gets put in there, um, and then um, we show them how much it would be per box normally, and then how much it's gonna be per box once they send the rebate in and everything like that, and you can save up to $300, you know, if you do the annual supply. So our annual supplies went up a lot, and our contract lens sales went up a lot too. So mm-hmm. um, it's something I just ha- had to kind of figure out, you know, what's the best way to do this. And I got a little help from a rep that came, and he kind of suggested those 
ABV thing. And then 10% off, I got the idea from somebody else. So a lot of this stuff, I would just get ideas from other people. Right, yeah. You know, like, bundle your optos. Okay. Yeah. Let's try and see what happens. You know? Yeah. Now, with the bundled Optos, I had a question about that. So you offer an exam without the Optos and then one with the Optos. Is that how you present it? Or? No. So this, we, how we present it is uh, we just we present it as an eye exam and Optos is part of the, part of the eye exam. Okay. So there's no option for one without an Optos? Or? Uh, we, they're always a problem. Yeah. There's, we, won't, we, won't, we won't make them do Optos. So there's a mm-hmm. few that don't do Optos. Okay. But for them to not do Optos, this is what they face. We say, let's say it's a self, it's okay. Hmm. Uh, how much is the exam? $128. Boom, we stop right there, first of all. If they're good with that, boom, we just go. Um, 89, and then on the thing, it's 89 for the exam, 39 for the office. Hmm. If they go, they kind of start to hesitate or anything like that, um, well, that, that includes, well, some words include, that includes the full comprehensive eye exam. Um, and, and including uh, osteoscoretinal imaging, which doctor does on every patient. Mm-hmm. And and then we just kind of, it's almost like a casual, but my staff gotten pretty good at you know, casually say it. We're not even selling it at this point. We're just telling them what the exam is. What, yeah. you know? mm-hmm. And then they sit there and then, well, then if they have questions about the osteos, then we, my staff is trained to tell them, oh, um, what it does is it's a, it's a, a digital, camera that takes a picture of the back of the eye so it starts to help the back of the eye to better help the, the doctor um, you know see what's going on there and they can detect you know general things you know um, and um, and then if they are are still kind of pushing back on it um, and they're just like not wanting to do it mm-hmm. we'll back off and be like well if, if you don't want to do the, the retinal imaging it's um, highly recommended by the doctor However, if it's something you really don't want to do, um, then um, it's $39 and we can waive that. So your, your total today would be $89. Okay. Uh, so that we, we, we know a script mm-hmm. that we, we, we've developed over time. And then it, has, it also has to do with how it's presented and how, and it takes practice from the, from, from, uh, you know, the staff. But like, once they get confident with it, I mean, I've been I've been amazed. I've gone up there and I'm listening to them as they're talking. You know, the lady asked about well, what's, what's what's going on with the with the retinal imaging, and then I'll just hear my my staff member and she'll be like, oh, that's um that's just uh, the retinal imaging, just stick to the back of the eye. It's something that doctor just does on, on all patients. And then she just kind of like looks away and starts looking at her. Matter of fact, saying it. Right. Yeah. It's something we do. We just. She's looking at her screen or whatever, and like it's like to her, the conversation's over. You know, like yeah. I'll be, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like amazed because I'm like I had this person like this month ago, and like I mean, wasn't like that, you know. Yeah. But they get good at that, you know. Um, but giving them some a script for that um, has has really helped, and um, uh, and you know, I think me having a rich clientele helps too. So maybe my office numbers are higher because of that. But I will say this too. I had that same risk clientele, and we were at 40% when I walked in there. Yeah, all right. So you, same clientele, 40% trying to sell it, all mm-hmm. right? And then it, we bundled it within the 70s and 80s, and then we scripted it, and then it was in the 80s and 90s, and then we scripted it better, and then we, I got a better staff, and all of a sudden, now we're at 98%. So it's not just the, the demographic. And we're getting, 
you know, people always used to complain, well, business insurance is so tough because they know da 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 da. I get almost every business insurance patient because, you know, what we say to them is, um, you know, your, uh, your total for today is going to be $10. Now, we have to tell, to be transparent with them. <clears throat> Look at the hard way, too. Um, $10 for, for your copay and $39 for retinal imaging that we do on every patient. So your total is going to be $49 with your insurance instead of $128. Mm-hmm. They just don't know they're, they're saving money, you know. Um, so then they're like, oh, okay. They're handing over the credit card, you know, $49. Right. Boom. Um, if uh, they push back, we start out again, we go through the whole process. Like, when they say no, they don't want it. The blood do the exam and um, go from there. Yeah. And I think that you brought up a really good point and to anyone that's going to listen or watch this is, yeah, know your audience. That's a big part of marketing in the eye care world and and anything. And knowing what what your demographic is, what they want, what they're willing to pay for, what they're not willing to pay for. You can kind of cater your services around that. And that looks like you did a pretty good job of that with your OptiMap. So I also think that even if I didn't have this demographic, like, Let's say I had 90% vision insurance patients. Mm-hmm. so scared to bundle, you know? And it's like, listen, I'm not turning away patients. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, if they don't do office, I'm not not doing it. And they're just, I've found that people are scared to bundle because they think they're going to lose all these patients. And I'm like, we might lose a few, but I, I, don't, I haven't found that to be the case with anybody that I know that bundles. You know, um, and, um, you know, I know some people that bundle and they have a different demographic and the their percentages, you know, I have a friend that, uh, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, very mm-hmm. busy practice. They're in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90% vision insurance and they bundle. Yeah. And, you know, they similar to me. Now, maybe they charge a little bit less than I do, you know, and, and that's something, you know, um, I think they're 114 for an ISAN instead of 128. Another, another thing that we did is the contact lenses, which is just for us, like, um, you know, we, we push daily because we know that they're going to buy them more because of, of the demographic. Yeah. Probably do that as much, you know, I put, obviously still try to always push daily, but like, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a waste of my time if I go through all the dailies and they get a price and they're like, no, you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, with that one, you gotta kind of go, go with the flow on. And what's your um, dailies rate right now versus monthlies versus biweeklies? Or do you five, track that five, at all? Or? Yeah, you know, like I think I'm at like 55% for okay. dailies. The way higher than the average, right? So, yeah. um, and, and premium lenses too. Like, yeah, actually, really just one day or daily total one. Those are my top sellers. Mm-hmm. Of which one I pick, you know, as, as far as, and I think they're both pretty, pretty good. You know, like, uh, like, uh, I would say maybe the other ones usually a little more comfortable for mm-hmm. people, but it's a little harder to take out too for like a new wearer. Um, but like another thing I try to, I, I capitalize on too is I, um, you know, Alcon, I'm getting like $14,000 in like um, sales, like for rebates for, yeah. or not rebates, yeah, like some... money because I broke, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I can't match that the next year. So the next year, I mean, that's just a resistance on, you know, or Johnson and Johnson that, that year, and and they're gonna probably give me about ten grand, you know, mm-hmm. and then here, of course, 
talk on a little bit more, you know, like, um, as far as, uh, so that's another thing, you know, that that I I think about, you know, but it doesn't mean that I won't, you know, um, I'm not going to put them in a crabby lens just to get a, uh, growth, growth. Right. Still got to be the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the active oasis for astigmatism, you know, doesn't fit that well, like, I'm putting them in the Boston Lom, or, you know, I'll put them in the Ultra for astigmatism, and if that fits great, boom, I'm selling those lenses to them. Yeah, I And that's the super better. You know, um, so. Yeah. Do you I stock any lenses? Or? What's that? Do you stock any lenses, or do you just order straight from ABB, or? No, I just, I just order straight from ABB, because we get them in about a day, mm-hmm. um, we're really close. I stopped one time for the daily total one. It wasn't the greatest experience. Like it was only in a couple of patients that were like, like, oh, you don't have them right now, mm-hmm. you know. Now maybe I think at a private practice that might be different, okay? Or maybe if I was across the coast or something like that, and I didn't get them in one day because a lot of times it's like, oh, you don't have them. I was like, we're gonna get them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No problem. You know, like, it, you know, maybe if it was further away or something like that, maybe that'd be the case. Like, spent a lot of money stocking one lens and then, you know, having these different parameters. And for me, it just didn't, it didn't really work mm-hmm. um, that well. It wasn't worth it, I guess you could say. Um, okay. so I don't stock, but um, I don't think that means necessarily, I think that a lot of private practices do, mm-hmm. and they probably should. You know, I think. I think it's just maybe a different um, group of people that has what, um, what they expect to, you know. Yeah. So, but we did it really fast, um, and so we're able to. I don't think we lose out on hardly anybody for for not stopping. So, um, okay. and I think this year, and we've grown with contact lenses, but I think this year we're probably going to net about ninety grand. For contact lenses. For contacts, okay. Yeah. So if you take those numbers, I mean, 90 grand for contact, uh, you know, let's say 90 to 95 for optos to 24 medical. That's 200 grand right there mm-hmm. without eye can, you know, that's or off Yeah, so, um, and that's kind of how I did it. And I worked about, I probably averaged between about five and five and a half days a week um, okay. and uh, probably work, I don't know, 30 manager. I have a, um, at the moment, I actually have two other techs and one that just works on weekends. Um, and um, uh, I've been kind of inching my way up on how much I pay um, mm-hmm. because I just found that, you know, $11 an hour just isn't. The turnover rate um, for that is just um, it's driving me crazy. You know? Yeah, so, yeah you got to take care of the employees to keep them <laughs> planted. Absolutely. And the last thing that I have recently done, I read books on leadership. I have mentors. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's been a huge part of my success um, uh, as far as managing staff. I didn't know how to do that. I need somebody that had done that before that help coach me through that yeah. you know um and now i'm pretty good at doing it i don't have to ask them for help too often anymore um but like as far as medicare i had an ophthalmologist i co-managed a lot of stuff with mm-hmm. a lot like understanding medicare and like, 
pricing and figuring stuff out like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's something where I've definitely gotten a lot of help, you know, along the way. Um, and, um, and so, uh, yeah. I think it's, and going it's, back to medical, actually, uh, is there any other, do you do glaucoma workups or do you have any other testing besides your Optimap or? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a scanner, we have a, uh, we have everything except for like, uh, uh, glaucoma test. We have every, we have a, uh, visual field, we have everything except for, you know, OTG. OTG. Uh, okay. And, but, but then I have, I, I met a doctor pretty early on that was just starting a private practice. He's actually a retina specialist, but he's kind of one of these guys that does that, does that, you okay. know, or like, he can do cataract surgery, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to step on the toes. So, yeah. Um, so we became, you know, um, we became friends and we exchanged numbers, but like, if I didn't know, if, if I thought something weird, you know, what's going on, I go calling. Very lucky to have a relationship with him. Uh, I call him a cell phone, he'll talk to me, you know, I refer a lot of patients to him. He refers some of practice to me. Um, but, um, but just, I've learned a lot from him too, and, and we co-manage that. So he doesn't have a visual field or an optical. He's not a film patient. Um, and I have a visual field. He's an OCT and he's half a mile from me. So, um, so, you know, anybody that, uh, what I, my protocol basically for a person that is a glaucoma suspect is, A, I explain everything and I go, um, you know, we're going to do some testing here, you know, uh, and, uh, and then there's one, one test that we're going to have you do as, as an ophthalmologist here, um, just half a mile away. We'll, and then in that month's time, if you can get over to that ophthalmologist, that'd be great. Um, so we need to really give up any stuff that. And then they come in a month, when they show up, so they do show up. They come in a month, I've got OCT, um, I just do all the other testing, gonia, chemistry, all that stuff. Okay. And, yeah. and, and there I can make an assessment on, you know, what I'm going to do at that point. So that's basically how I handle something like, like glaucoma. I just haven't found enough, um, of a need in my um, practice setting to get an OTC. I would mm-hmm. love to have OTC. Right. Um, but, you know, the reimbursement isn't very good, number mm-hmm. one. Um, and then number two, I just, I don't, I wouldn't be able to do it enough to get a return on my investment like I would like, 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 like an option that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and then I got sense. a guy half a mile away that's, that, that has one, yeah. Therefore, due to all those factors, I have not bought an OTC in Okay. So, yeah. And kind of a wrap-up question: What was your percentage net in terms of when you compare gross to net? Yeah. So okay, um, I can play exactly like uh, basically the accountant hit me up. But I actually didn't realize I made as much as I did. Um, so I grossed. Six hundred and sixty-six thousand, mm-hmm. um, and my net was three hundred seven. Okay. So, um, I don't know what that changed exactly. Uh, Forty-five percent. What three hundred seven divided by about forty-six percent. Forty-six percent, not bad. Yeah, it's, which is which is which is pretty. I think it's pretty high, mm-hmm. actually. Um, you know, but um, I think that 
you know, this year it's going to be less because I'm I'm paying my employees more, you know, um, taking a little more care of them. Um, like I said, I'm sick of the turnover. So what I, another philosophy I did is that I wanted to make it more of a family atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I turned the break room into like, I turned the other room into like a break room. We meet like once a month. I take them out to eat. Um, we talk about, you know, things about, you know, family, uh, characteristics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to like kind of bring them together as far as working. Like everybody enjoys it. So, um, but it's got to cost a little more money and I also bump them up and pay. So I don't get picked off as you know, like these other things and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, now, now I'm trying to focus on a little more on like marketing and trying to get, because I, I feel like I'm, now I can see more people walk through that door, you know, so that I can eventually hopefully get to where I can get like a whole time to post a and what's your overhead like in a LensCrafter setting? Uh, are they just charging a flat rent fee or f- flat re- lease fee, or is there is yeah. it based on production, yeah. or how's how does that all work? Yeah, so they just charge they just charge a a, 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 a rent fee, you know, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, I lease space, and then um, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Other than that, my overhead is. Uh, you know, obviously the awesome app, um, and then I buy all the computers and stuff like that. I buy certain printers and like buy kind of printers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my supplies, but it's pretty low, you know, because it's a it's a loose thing. Like they have their the NTPs there, the, the the clarified digital refractions there. Those are broken down. Yeah, their responsibility. They send me another one. Their conditional field went out. I didn't get another get another visual field for me. That took a few months. I did that was really Um like uh like one of the chairs, like the chair wouldn't go up and down on one of them for mm-hmm. a little chair. I was like, I'm sick of this. Give me a freaking exam chair. So I got an exam chair for me. Um another thing is I think really key just in in this setting, I'm very blessed to have have a great general manager. I have a great relationship with my general manager. Um, and I will say this, the first year and a half or so, just to wrap it up, like, you gotta kinda stand your ground, or they're gonna like run me over. Like, they were, they were giving me a lot of slack about my pricing, cause I'm more expensive than mm-hmm. most of the places. And I just had to pretty much realize that off. Like, you know, like, don't talk about my pricing anymore. You know, it took a little, it took a little while to me. About a year and a half before I realized, like, I kind of need me more than I need them, you know. Mm-hmm. At least in my, at least in my setting. Yeah. And there might be other places where there's a line out the door of people that will come in, but not in my setting. So um, you got to know that, I guess, too. And so I, I realized I had all the leverage, and it's like I'm, I'm tired of talking about pricing. Like these are my prices. Back off, you know. And so after that, like. You know, they were, they were able to do that. But otherwise, yeah, of course, it'll kind of run you over and they'll try to run your practice for you. Oh, yeah. you know? so you do they have a like, suggested pricing for exams or is there a cap or a, a lower limit or anything like that? You know, I think, like, for me, if 89 for the exam, it's 39 for optos. The reason it's 39 is because um, that's what 
giving the insurance won't cover or something like that. And mm-hmm. you don't want to have it too high or else it won't pay for it. Yeah, so exactly. I would say that's probably a little on the higher end, the 128 for an exam. I charge 60 for a spherical uh, fit, 80 for a sport, and 100 for a multifocal monovision fit. Mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, um, yeah. I charge $80 for an office visit. Um, second office visit, $80. After that, any other, any other office visit, $40. Okay. Uh, Funko uh, plugs will charge either 125 or 150 depending on if you're doing like the, um, the, the three month one or the six month one. I don't really mess around with the silicone one. Okay. Because, I don't know. Just bad experiences with that. So. Yeah. But I would say if you're in a setting where it's, you know, like my friend down at Fort Lauderdale, he charges 114 for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Charges thirty nine, I think, for the octos, and charges less for. And then there's another place, you know, that's a little further <clears throat> off the coast. He charges seventy dollars for an eye exam instead of eighty nine. Mm-hmm. You have to, you got to kind of figure out what 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 you can charge depending yeah. on what your demographic is. Yeah, what works for your demographic exactly. So I think so. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if you had one piece of advice to give new sublease uh, holders, whether it be ones, crafters, Walmart, Costco, anything like that? That's a big question we've been getting from a, a lot of members in the group. What would you say? One piece of advice. Um, you, can, you can have multiple pieces if you want, if you can't put it all in one. A, it's worth going for. You know, it's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to fly. If you could find a mentor to be able to manage staff, managing and hiring staff is going to be the hardest thing that you're going to do uh, and learn how to do. Um, and I would say as far as hiring staff, this is something that I didn't do before. Um, be thorough in that process. Do a background check. This sounds really basic. Follow the references. I mean, I've had people give me a reference and the reference throws them under the box. And I would have hired that person because they interviewed great. Call the references. Also, call all the places that they... I know some, some people that I just hired on the spot and ended up being compulsive liars. Mm-hmm. They had great resumes. I guarantee you, they didn't work at half those places. Yep, I, 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 started calling yeah. Yep, I started calling some places of some people where I'm like, gosh, this seems like a great candidate. Well, did they work here from 2013? You can ask two questions. Are they rehirable? And did they work here from this time to this time? If they lie, they're out. Mm-hmm. Like, not hire them. Managing of staff is, is going to, like, really make or break you. Um, and I was horrible at it. And you probably won't be very good at it either when you first start. But nobody told me about that. And it's, I guess it's basic stuff, but like sometimes when you're in a jam and somebody does a really good job, you're just like, I, I need somebody. Yeah. You know, don't be tempted by that. Don't be tempted by that. I need somebody. I gotta, I, I gotta, mm-hmm. I, 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 I gotta hire them. I need somebody now and not check. Yeah. Because I hire, so I would say, uh, that piece of advice, um, if it's like, do the best thing is, is you know just trying to trying to find a mentor to help you um and trying to um do as good a job of hiring as you can and learning 
um, aspect of um, managing staff. And I would say be a student of leadership. You know, I mean, I've read it. I've read a couple of books. Uh, John Maxwell is great. Um, I'm reading this book called Strength Finders now. Um, I mean, I'm a, it's a way of the leadership. Leadership is a way of life. You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So, uh, and um, obviously, the better person that you are, the better you treat people, then the better leader you're going to be. But yeah. there are also skills involved in that too. But Scott, when you're first starting out, it's just, it's really overwhelming. I would say forget about medical insurance initially. Just do vision insurance. Way easier. Get grounded. And start just trying to figure out a system of what you're going to do. Do your best to hire the best staff that you can. You get some bad seeds, try to move, get somebody else in there, um, and just keep at it, you know, and be willing to try different things, you know, even if it, it seems scary, you know, like uh, I think the things that I, the risk that I took, you know, that others, didn't seem to be one face because of the scarcity of mindset have rewarded me the most. And get an optimum map. And get an optimum map, oh yeah. Get an optimum map. Whether you lease it, whether you buy it, get an optimum map, bundle it, and, you know, then those other things I would say. Um, if I think anyone who does not get an optimum map and doesn't bundle it, I, I don't read it, leave it out. Yeah. Know, like that. I think that's. I think that's good advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully that, that's helpful. Uh, and um, yeah, um, I don't know if there's any other. Pretty much covered it, so that's okay. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, well, appreciate you taking the time to do this little video chat. I know it's late where you're at, so. No, it's fine, man. I, I, after what I did yesterday, like, I, like the least I could do, like, I, uh, you know, I do. Was like the part of yesterday, but um, you know, I really felt bad. So when you're like, "Well, do you want to do this?" I'm like, of course, you know, what they you know. So, um, but uh, yeah, I didn't even think about the whole subleased thing. Um, yeah. One, and it's a corporate world out there. Um, more people are taking corporate jobs because mm-hmm. it's more available and it pays more. I will say this about the first starting out. Um, and you have no business experience whatsoever. Um, make sure you check the numbers on a lease. Um, I guess that's step one. Before any of that other stuff, mm-hmm. are you going to take a lease? And taking that lease, you should be making a, around two hundred grand a year if you're going to take on a lease. In my opinion, that's reasonable. Yeah. Like, if you're making a lot less than that, why not just be an associate, you know, and, and wait for a better opportunity? Because there's a lot of responsibility, and, 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 and you know, you're having to find coverage, and there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that goes into it. You're making enough money, you know? So, um, I would say finding out what the other doctor did, that's what I did. I found out they should have all the numbers laid out for you about what was the growth, you know, um, you can kind of figure out from that maybe what the doctor made. It should be around two hundred grand or somewhere in that area, at mm-hmm. least like 
getting getting close to that, or maybe they didn't have an optimal map. Could get an optimal map. Yeah, and factor that in. Yeah. Factor that in a little bit. Maybe that's fifty grand. Maybe that's forty grand. Mm-hmm. But it's all about numbers at the beginning. So I guess the first step is if there's bad leases and good leases. A lot of bad leases out there. You get, you get locked into those things. I've heard of friends of mine. They're not making any money. You know, yeah. they don't have people coming in the door. You know, so do a good established lease, and and then after that, you can apply all those other things like that. So that's step one. Is that's the most important decision right there? Is you got to really check and make sure that the numbers check out. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and make sure it's a good lease. Or else, don't do it. That would be probably the most important thing. Okay. You'll learn everything else on the fly. Yeah, that's You'll true. Figure it out. That's you part know? of it. Yep. You'll figure it out as long as it's a good lease. Not a good lease, you know, then there's it's not to do. You know, so, um, but. Uh, All right. Well, once again, yeah, appreciate you coming on and talking. And yeah, I'm going to get this video processed and hopefully get it out there in a week or so. So you'll be able to, everyone okay. will be able to see it. Hopefully that was helpful and uh, hopefully it'll uh, give some people some direction and, and ideas on it. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. All right, Charles. Well, thanks okay. again. Have a good night. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see you on the forum. <laughs> okay. Have a good one. All right. Take care. <laughs>